Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 106. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, you asked for it and I created it. My first free ebook, 10 Incredible Insights from 10 Incredible Entrepreneurs, is published. All four pages of it. Simply go to eofire.com and subscribe to my newsletter. You will get immediate access to the top business insights from the likes of Barbara Corcoran, Tim Ferriss, Gary Vaynerchuk, and seven other incredible guests. Prepare to ignite. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Mitch Gordon. Mitch, are you prepared to ignite? Fire me up, John. All right. Mitch is from upstate New York and lived in Taipei, Taiwan for four years before moving to San Francisco, where he currently resides. Mitch is an entrepreneur starting a number of companies in the field of travel and education. His most recent company, Go Overseas, has quickly become the most trusted resource on the internet for researching programs abroad. Given Fire Nation a little overview, Mitch, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally, we want to get to know you, and then tell us about your business. Sure, no problem. Um, brief background on, on myself, as you said, I grew up in upstate New York, and uh, you know, I had a little itch in college that, that I uh, decided to scratch that changed my life, and, and I studied Chinese. I took a couple semesters, and, and that ended up with me spending a year in Taiwan, and, and then I went back to New York, and I really followed the the uh, corporate route there for a while, the, the traditional corporate story, uh, and then had my quarter quarter life crisis. I worked at PricewaterhouseCoopers in New York for for a few years, doing the the traditional consulting and, and accounting route. Um, good company, great career. My parents thought I was crazy for quitting, but um, I, I just decided it wasn't it wasn't for me, and I wanted to try and do something on my own. So uh, I had a few ideas, you know, based back in Taiwan, and I moved there for a year and. Um, to try to try one out, and before I knew it, I had been living there for almost five years, and, and started a company and um, an education-based recruitment company, and uh, placing teachers all throughout Asia. Uh, did that for for a long time. Moved back to San Francisco a few years ago to to start uh, my new company, Go Overseas, um, two years ago, and uh, we're really wrapping things up now, and, and things are going well. That's really exciting, Mitch. And I love the uh, very similar themes that you and I have both had. We're both in our low to mid thirties, and I also went the corporate route. I actually spent the first four years as an active duty officer after college and then spent the next four years in the reserve. So I was able to go into corporate America and I was in finance with John Hancock. And just like yourself, I mean, my parents thought I was crazy to, to leave a job to kind of pursue other ventures, which eventually has led me to hear Entrepreneur on Fire. And so I just kind of wonder, are we, when we're parents, are we going to think that our, our kids are crazy when they leave? Uh, <laughs> or are we going to be like, oh, I get it. That was us. <laughs> Hopefully I'll be more supportive. I don't know. <laughs> As we get older, they say that we you change and you become more conservative and want more stability. We'll see. Hopefully uh, that's a good reminder. I have to remember that when I have yeah. kids, which is... As my mother wants wants that to happen quicker than it, than it's happened so far. <laughs> I'll make sure your kid gets a copy of this interview when he turns eighteen. Perfect. We have proof. <laughs> so, Mitch, we're going to transition now to our first topic, which is our success quote. Because entrepreneur on fire, we love getting that motivational ball rolling, and we want to hear your mantra in life. Get us pumped up. What do you have for us, Mitch? I've got two short quotes, both from uh, Winston Churchill. So love the first him. one is. 
Uh, I'm an optimist. It does not seem too much use being anything else. Um, and the second one, as I said also by Winston Churchill, is success consists of going from failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm. Um, and those two, I think, really, really capture my perspective and, and approach to life and, and work. Uh, you know, there's lots of times you don't want to be an optimist, but there's really no use in dwelling on, on the other stuff. So I try and uh, bring some optimism to every day. And, I, and as an entrepreneur, there, there are a lot of failures you go through. I mean, every entrepreneur has their ups and downs. It's just part of that journey that you talk about. Um, and, but you can't, you can't lose that enthusiasm and, and you got to stay on track. Well, I know you've heard a couple Entrepreneur on Fire shows, so you know we're going to get to those failures pretty quickly here. But before we do, I love Winston Churchill, and he is so underquoted here, especially in Entrepreneur on Fire. I mean, you need to read, and by you I mean the listeners of Entrepreneur on Fire need to read his autobiography. It is just so inspiring. It just has such an interesting and dynamic outlook on so many aspects of life. But I could continue to digress there. I won't because we're going to continue driving on, Mitch. This is about you. This is about your journey as an entrepreneur. And you're 34 years old. You've had an entrepreneurial journey thus far. Everybody's journey is riddled with failure when you're an entrepreneur at some level. We face obstacles. We face challenges. And it's how we react to that that defines us as entrepreneurs. So, Mitch, Take us back to a time when you failed, when you've come across an incredible obstacle or challenge, and then how did you overcome that? When I started my first company, I mentioned when we started the podcast, I did it in Asia, in Taiwan. So, uh, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of challenges in being an entrepreneur that you talk about on the podcast a lot. But add on to that the cultural challenges and the legal challenges of starting a business in another country, and, and it's an even more difficult mix, I think. So there, were, there was a lot of challenge in that, in, in starting in another country. And, and uh, you know, I, six months into starting my, my first company, Reach to Teach, uh, I was completely broke. Um, <laughs> no problem being honest with that in, in credit card <laughs> debt. And, um, you know, that, that was really, really tough. But I think looking at your credit card bill and realizing you can't pay it this month um, and you're not really sure how the next few months are going to look is an incredible motivating tool. And I think that that... Um, the necessity of needing the business to succeed uh, just so I could continue to, to live and pay bills was a huge motivating factor um, that, that really drove me to success. That's such a good point to bring up too. And I hear it over and over again as entrepreneurs that their backs were just against the wall. They had kids or they had responsibilities and they just literally had to make ends meet. It was a do or die. And when that happens, all of these silly little barriers of fear and like not wanting to make that outbound phone call or whatever kind of go away with the bigger picture of, man, I need to survive. So sometimes it's not a bad thing when your back's against the wall because our survival instincts come out and we have extremely strong survival instincts as human beings. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, necessity is the mother of invention. I, I tell entrepreneurs all the time um, who ask me for advice that you have to need it to work. You know, doing it part-time, doing it at night. I mean, there's exceptions to every rule, but I'd say the vast majority of times, if you're, if you're not 100% all in making this your life, uh, and if you don't need it to work, um, your, your odds of success are going to be a little lower. So it's gotta, you got to go in 100%. Love it, Mitch. And again, this is about your journey. So take us down to the ground level of that failure. What were some specific actions that you took to overcome this and to drive on to your next venture or just to make that succeed? Well, I think, you know, I mean, one thing for me that was really interesting is that 
I was in a foreign country giving presentations, and it was a little tougher to get feedback on what was working with my presentation and, and what wasn't. I know you have an international audience, so hopefully this is a bit of a different, unique spin that people can use. But I, I really needed to absorb myself, immerse myself, um, is a better term, in the local culture and really understand what they were looking for, what was important to them um, from building, uh, for building a, a business relationship. But I can speak for myself that for Asian culture, in Asian culture in, in China and Taiwan and Korea where, where I mostly worked, uh, it was a lot harder to build business relationships initially, but once they were built, they were rock solid. Uh, you, you know, they really, once that trust factor was there, um, they were in it with you for the long run. Very interesting. And no, you're right. We here at Entrepreneur on Fire have a massive international audience. And funny enough, one of the biggest listeners per country is China. We have a huge China listener base, and it's really exciting to see those numbers in Australia, China, England, Russia, Africa. I mean, every single country in South America, somebody's downloaded this podcast. So that is one really exciting thing about Entrepreneur on Fire is just the international reach that we're having, because you're so right when you say that every culture is different, and it's just very interesting to hear how they react to what we just considered the same entrepreneurial struggles that we have. Yeah, that, that, that really is interesting for me to hear that, and I'm not surprised. The entrepreneurial spirit that I saw in Asia was unbelievable. Um, and I, I'd actually say uh, unmatched by, by the U.S. Wow. I think that, that the hunger there, especially for starting small businesses, is probably what it was for our parents or grandparents' generation here, because the you know the economy is really just starting to, to ramp up there. And I was inspired by that from people every day. You know that that we're really starting small businesses of of all different kinds. Man, there must be a massive opportunity there because one thing that we really talk about here in Entrepreneur on Fire is that although obviously the rest of the world is catching up with America, we still are ahead of the curve in a lot of areas. And so places like third world countries, not that China is, but places like South America who has third world countries, and places like China who aren't quite up to the same trend level as America in some areas of that country. It's almost like we have a looking glass and we can go there and be ahead of the curve on certain entrepreneurial ventures that have already succeeded here, but haven't even been yet tested in that country. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I would encourage anyone. Uh, I think for me, I, mean, I would not be an entrepreneur if I, didn't, if I didn't live abroad and that didn't get my creative juices flowing in the, in the right way. And I found a niche there that I couldn't have found in the U.S. And so for anyone that's thinking about starting a business, I mean, I think spending a year or more living overseas in a, in a place that you're interested in will just broaden your horizons in, in new ways that you couldn't have imagined before you before you actually do it. Man, I love it. And no, that was one thing I've always cherished is that after my four years as an active duty officer, I did take a year off and I went to Asia and I went to India for four months and spent time in Nepal. And then I actually lived in Guatemala in Central America with a family for another four months and just really got to experience these different cultures in different parts of the world. And it definitely gives you a very unique perspective. And in your case with China, it gives you a big heads up against other Americans who have never experienced the culture of China. Because you've mentioned the culture a couple of times, and that's so important to understand the differences in their culture and our culture and what may click here may take some tweaking to click there. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So Mitch, let's move into the next topic now, which is the aha moment. It's the other end of the spectrum. You've been very generous. You've shared with us a failure, but now share with us a light bulb that came on at some point in your journey where you just really said, wow, this is something that's going to be big. This is going to resonate with the world. <laughs> it's funny. I think I'm one of those entrepreneurs that never really gives himself very much credit. 
Um, I'm more prone to beating myself up. But I think it's in, in some ways the entrepreneurial curse, right? You never really feel like you've succeeded. Um, so I mean, it's there a curse are and a blessing. It ex- exactly, exactly. It's two two sides of the same coin. There, um, you know, th- there were certainly moments, especially in, in my first business, that I, I felt like, uh, okay, you know, I'm, I'm paying myself a, a decent salary now. We're, we're growing, and, and we continue to go from there, and that that felt great. But uh, I tried to stay more focused on on the future and what was going to come next than than uh, giving myself credit, which is, <laughs> as you said, it's both a good and a bad thing. Have you had that aha moment, like a light bulb that went off while you were as an entrepreneur in your business that you just really focused on from that point forward and turned it into a success? Yeah, well, you know, at the moment with Go Overseas, we're we're sort of at that moment, I think, right now where, uh, you know, this year is the first year that we've really earned significant revenue, which is which is great. You know, we're still a young company, um, really only just over two years old. Uh, you know, we've ramped up and hiring employees, which which is great. We've got an, an amazing team right now, and so I think that aha moment for for Go Overseas has been very recent. You know, and I think for now the focus has transitioned a little bit from from startup, uh, developing the idea, tweaking the idea to execution mode, which is an exciting and and also nerve wracking place to be as we go into next year because there's <laughs> there's a lot of things we have to deliver on now. So take us down to the ground level. Take us inside your mind. How did the idea just pop into your mind for Go Overseas? And then what immediate steps did you take to get those wheels turning? I think in general, for better or worse, this this aggravates the heck out of my girlfriend sometimes. But <laughs> I'm the kind of person that goes through the day just thinking about anything that uh, is a problem or, or frustrates me in my own life. And then, and then I think, okay, well, how can I turn that into a business? So I, I, I just do that constantly, and, and some of the ideas are, are ridiculous. Um, I could share some of those later if you want, and some of them come out, and they're actually pretty pretty decent. Um, so you know, one idea that I'd, I'd had for a long time really related to my experience abroad, and I felt like uh, so few Americans spend time uh, overseas. I mean, it's still way less than 10% of college graduates have spent any significant time abroad, which I think is a real shame, right? I think everyone should do that. I mean, personally, I think that that should be a requirement for a college degree here, that people should study abroad. But that's a, that's a different conversation. But, but anyway, you know, I, I, I sat down and I thought, well, what, what is really holding people back from taking that leap and either studying abroad for a semester or um, after they graduate, spending a year abroad or any of the, the wonderful programs that there are out there? Why are people not um, doing them? And I, I thought that it was really a combination of, of fear, um, but also the main thing is the lack of information, um, that people really weren't sure that they were going to uh, be participating in a good program, one that was an honest program, that would care about them, that that you know, would be be an overall good, positive experience for them. And I thought, okay, well, how can we close that information gap? And I looked at some other really successful businesses like Yelp, like TripAdvisor, that have done a great job sort of leveling the playing field for hotels and for restaurants, respectively. And I thought, well, what if we bring that to programs abroad um, and and give people more information, give them reviews, connect them with people who've done the programs before, and just help people make a more educated decision um, when when they're thinking about this, and and then encourage more people to go through through that information. So that was kind of the original idea. Uh, we've gone through a lot of twists and turns along the way, as as you do, um, but but we're, but we're doing well. No, I love that, and. That's very similar to my story with Entrepreneur on Fire. I was that person that was frustrated. I had a job where I was in the car a lot and I liked to exercise. So I was always going on runs and I like to consume on demand, targeted, passionate 
information and it just wasn't out there. There was some really good podcasts that were once a week, once every two weeks, and I would be tearing through years of their content in just a month or two. And I was like, there must be a niche or a market out there for daily fresh content. So people know when they wake up in the morning and they turn on their iTunes or Stitcher radio, boom, there's gonna be a new podcast waiting for them on their drive to accompany them during their exercise. So that's so important for entrepreneurs to hear what Mitch is saying and what I went through with Entrepreneur on Fire that you just need to look around you. There's opportunities everywhere. They really truly abound. And now Mitch, this is where I'm gonna ask you, Give us some of your crazier ideas. Let's just have some fun real quick. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, ah, I've got some some funny stuff. I mean, even going back to college, I had an idea of a, of a portable grill you could attach to the side of your car, um, uh, so you could barbecue while you're while you're on the highway. <laughs> uh, mo- mo- recently, get the I, tailgate I, started early, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, that, that, that's that's not, not a realistic idea at all, but that, that was a, <laughs> just a funny idea. And the last few weeks, I hope this is okay to say, a little, little on the edgier side, but uh, take, it, take it in jest, which is how I mostly mean it. I had an idea uh, for a, a, a brothel for dogs. Um, I thought, well, if you're going to go get your dog neutered or spayed, well, you know, they should experience everything in life that you do. So just bring them there along the way. And so when people have dogs, one last wag of the tail. Uh, <laughs> And and so uh, and by the way, I, met, I just to clarify for both the, the female and the male audience, I meant that to be absolutely gender neutral. That would be for for both sides there. So Wonderful. there's no no gender discrimination at all. Um, but uh, yeah, I come up with ideas all the time. I mean, I, I, another idea recently that that I was joking around with a friend is well, there should really be a hands free way to flush toilets and to open doors to bathrooms. Oh, I you know? love that idea. It, and that's what someone could run with. If someone runs with any of these ideas, by the way, please do it. I'd love to see them in action. Um, and uh, just let me know, you know, that you've, you've somehow run with these ideas. Yeah, we're <laughs> not going to get too graphic like you said earlier, but how about just like a way that we can, especially guys, can lift toilet seat covers and, and, and close them. And even women, when they come in and have to close the toilet seat cover, I mean, that would be awesome. That would be much more hygienic. Something hands-free. Yeah. Give me some clap on, clap off for toilet seat covers. Yeah. These ideas for a long time, John. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. We're going to have to have a little post-show talk. So Absolutely. We'll come up with something we can actually run with, right? <laughs> on fire, not, not just uh, talking about businesses, but starting new businesses on the, on the air. <laughs> Love it. So, Mitch, here's a straightforward question. Have you had an I've made it moment yet? Yeah. You know, I mean, similar to that aha moment. I, you know, I, yeah, look, I've gotten lucky and, and I, I think I'm in a, in a pretty, good, pretty good spot. Um, financially and personally, and and uh, but I, I tend just not to think that way. I think more about creating something new and uh, creating something new with people that I really enjoy working with. I and mean, I love working with the team uh, that I have now. I go overseas, and they challenge me every day. I'm really lucky that I'm around people that tell me I'm wrong all the time because I am wrong all the time. Um, and uh, and and just learning new things all the time. I, I think I focus more on that than than an I've made it type of thing for, for better or worse. That just tends to be the way, the way I look at things. No, that's a good way to look at it. And again, I always say this, but I mean it. I love this question because I love how different entrepreneurs answer this question differently. I mean, for me, it's about the journey. I love the journey and I'll never have a quote unquote, I've made it moment because to me that means the journey's over. And for me, the journey's never over, but I will have huge milestones that I will enjoy and appreciate Every single time they happen because it's about the journey. If you're not enjoying the journey, then what are you doing? And so 
I definitely hear where you're coming from. That's my take on it. I'm glad you have that mentality. So I commend you for that. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I mean, it, it, it has to be about the journey because look, I mean, the reality is that and I think we, we all need to be realistic that most entrepreneurial ventures fail. You know, I've, I've, I've certainly had my failures and, and, and businesses that I've dabbled with. And um, if, if, if you enjoy the journey along the way and you've learned something from it, then the failure won't consume you and you'll move on to the next one with, with hopefully maintaining a positive outlook. Love it. So Mitch, let's talk about your current business right now. You have a lot of different things going on. You have a great team together. You love working with them. They tell you that you're wrong every single day. That's so great. But what's one thing that's really exciting you about GoOverseas.com right now? They tell me I'm wrong multiple times a day sometimes, <laughs> for clarification purposes. <laughs> uh, what's exciting to me about GoOverseas.com? We're really in a good spot where, where we've sort of reached that friction point um, with the number of users that we have. Um, you know, we have, I think we're, we're up to nearing 500,000 um, unique visitors a month, which is no small feat, especially in the niche that we're in. Um, uh, we've got thousands of reviews um, for, for people who are, who are researching programs. But the main thing that, that we really try and focus on, and, and we ask ourselves this question every day, is what, what do our users want? What is going to help our users make good decisions? Um, what is going to help our community? And then we make decisions from there. So, for example, I mean, we're really focused on what are people looking for when they're choosing between a study abroad program, a volunteer program, an internship, teach abroad program, a gap year program, which is something we're especially focused on for Americans because not America, enough Americans take a gap year. So how can we encourage more Americans to take a gap year? So, you know, we're, we're interviewing people who've done these programs all the time, both, both uh, you know, video interviews and text interviews to try and get more information on our website so people can use that to decide whether that's the right program for them or not. Um, we have just a good time here brainstorming about different things that we can release on the website that will be interesting and useful to our base. So, and because we're, we deal with travel, I mean, it's fun stuff. So I feel really lucky. I think we all feel pretty lucky about that. I mean, we're, we're talking about how to encourage more people to travel and, more, and travel in meaningful ways. I mean, not just to, to go sit on a beach for a week. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I like that too. But to go and give back to a community by volunteering, um, to go study a language uh, for a semester somewhere, you know, to do things that change the way you view the world and, and change the way the people that you interact with in that country view the world. Man, I love it. What is your vision for the future of GoOverseas.com? What would you like to see ideally in five years? Good question. I mean, it's, it's sort of an interesting thing from, from an entrepreneurial perspective. I mean, you have to look at things from a five-year uh, five track, but you also aren't sure what you're going to do tomorrow and micro decisions, which is fun and very different than the corporate world, as we know. Yes. Uh, years from now for go overseas. Well, you know, I think I think we're we are in a really interesting space that I'm excited about. I mean, we're we're really in in the middle of the travel industry. Um at, and and not in the, you know, hotel and and flight space, but you know, more in, in the program space and, and what people are actually doing abroad. And and with globalization, that that is increasing every day. I mean, more people are actually doing their entire degree overseas. More people are are really craving an experience when they when they're on vacation, where they're giving back and actually interacting with the community, um, rather than as I said before, you know, just just taking the typical beach vacation like I think our parents' generation tended to do. I mean, especially people younger than us want that even more. We we see from our user base, so we're we're right at the hub of that, and you know, our revenue now is coming from 
from uh, different lead generation for, for partners that we work with. But um, there's so many opportunities for us being at the center there. And, I, and when I look at where we want to be in five years, I just think we have to keep doing the right thing for our users, listening to our users actively. Um, and we'll come up with new ways to grow and new ways to expand. And, and we've got a lot of different um, new, fun, exciting ideas for, for next year, too, that we're working on. Awesome. I am excited to track your progress. So, Mitch, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning rounds, and this is where I get to ask you a series of questions, and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? I'm on it. All right. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I think risk tolerance. I mean, now I'm in San Francisco. I'm surrounded by a lot of entrepreneurs. I grew up in and that was a completely different community. And if I didn't have a friend that had started a business uh, that really encouraged me, I, I wouldn't have done it. I mean, in that whole entrepreneurial nature versus nurture debate, I fall more on the on the nurture side. I don't think that it was obvious that I was going to be an entrepreneur. Um, so I really think it's important to now that, that for me that I, I uh, pay it forward and encourage other people to take the lead because I, I know it could have gone a different way for me. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think really taking that leap for me was the big thing. Um, uh, being comfortable enough with risk to quit your job and start something new, that was, that was the biggest thing that held me back. Well, you're definitely paying it forward by sharing your journey with Fire Nation, so thank you for that. Absolutely. So, Mitch, what's the best business advice you ever received? Well, I talked, the, first, the thing I was actually going to say uh, is that if you're an entrepreneur, you need to be 100% in. You know, I, I talk to people a lot who... We'll, we'll be working during the day um, and, and end up trying to start their company at night. And I think that that doesn't work for, for really two main reasons. I mean, first of all, you, you've got to be in a situation where failure is not an option. And I think hedging your bet is a tough way to start a business. And, and the second reason is that there's someone who's going to be working on something similar to you that's going to be putting 100% in. So if you're competing with that person, then you've got to be working 100% or, or you're going to very likely lose that battle. So you have to be all in. The other thing that I would say too, the best advice that anyone ever gave me is to never be afraid to just keep learning. And I think that's a typical entrepreneurial trait, but it's, it's hard when you're in the trenches working 80 hours a week. I mean, I find that hard for me now to have space to learn new things. Uh, but I think it's really important because if, if you don't keep doing that, you, you kind of lose your creative spirit. And that's, that's not a good thing for an entrepreneur. So I think you always need to leave space to learn new things outside of, of the work environment and, and the direct thing you're working on uh, every day in your business. Mm, great insight. What's something that's working for you or your business right now? Well, we're, you know, I'll answer that question, but sort of take us off on a different path as well. You know, we're, we're in the Bay Area where companies take funding all the time. And there's almost an interesting peer pressure to take funding in the Bay Area. And I think that that's absolutely right for a lot of companies. There, there's no question about that. Um, but we've gone in a different direction and, and deliberately not taken on funding, although, although we've had, certainly had the opportunity. And I think that um, we're sort of in a funding bubble, especially for small consumer web-based businesses. I mean, if you're a company that can have, you know, can potentially get to a $1 to $5 million value, for example, if that's what you think in your mind, um, that's a great business. And I think almost every single person on the audience, in the audience would be very happy to have that business. I mean, I, I know I certainly would. But um, if you take funding and that's the maximum that you think your business can get to, you're not going to get there because you're going you're gonna to have to shoot for a totally different thing. Um, 
because your investors deserve that when you take money that's a really serious thing that everyone needs to, to take seriously um, so you have to shoot for that hundred million or plus company and I don't think that that's realistic or, or for most people and just there's not a lot of those type of companies that can exist in the markets that you're working in so I, I mean the one thing that we're, we're really focused on now and, and I think that um, more people should be that's just my opinion is really running a, a lean startup like like Eric Reese talks about and, and Steve Blank talks about um, really focusing on 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 a sustainable business model um, building as much value as you can uh, before you take funding do you have an internet resource that you're in love with, like an Evernote, that you can share with Fire Nation? You know, I love SEOmas, and uh, we use it every day. I mean, if you're if you're an internet business, SEO is important, and they have a great community. They're not only great from an SEO perspective because you you learn an amazing amount from them about how to grow your business from an SEO perspective, but they're also great just from how to build a company. I mean, they talk about how they built their company and, and the great culture that they have there. And I know you you interviewed Rand Fishkin on one of your uh, earlier podcasts that I listened to, and uh, he's great and, and someone that I really respect and, and look up to. So uh, if you're in the internet world and you're building a business online, then you should use SEMS. Episode 15, it was an awesome one. So uh, definitely thank you for giving that a shout out. How do you specifically use SEOmas? We use a lot of their tools. So, for example, um, Open Site Explorer. Uh, if someone sends me a website, uh, the first thing I do is plug it into Open Site Explorer because it, it can tell you where that business is roughly. You know, you can tell if it's if, if they're brand new. You can tell if they've been around for a while. You can tell what kind of traction they are just by you know Open Site Explorer mimics Google's PageRank. Um, so it kind of gives you a bar from which to judge that company. Um, and if you're if you're looking at a company from a client perspective, it can give you a good idea into probably what their revenues might look like if they're if they're a very well established website as opposed to a new one. So that can give you good customer insight as well. Um, but they've got a ton of different tools that you can use to evaluate uh, and optimize your website from all sorts of different perspectives. What entrepreneurial book would you recommend for Fire Nation? I'll give two quick answers to that. Um, the more business oriented book. Um, a sense is influenced by Robert Cialdini and just really gives you good insight into how the human mind works and how people think, which I think is, is, is very interesting, um, but also something that you can a- apply to what you do every day and, and also to um, managing employees and, and caring about employees in the right way and thinking about what their motivations are and why, why they're coming to work every day and, and how you can create a good experience for them. Um, and then the second one for me is just anything by Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> I think he, I, I really enjoy reading his his writing just because his mind works in, in a very unique way, um, and and he always gets me thinking creatively, which is something that I really appreciate. So, and that translates into 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 business, even if it, the books aren't directly about business. Malcolm Gladwell is a great author, and. Influence is just an incredible book on so many levels. I've talked about it before on Entrepreneur on Fire. It's one of those books that it never stops. Each chapter gives you one of these aha or wow moments. You're just like, man, this happened to me yesterday. And you continue to apply what you've read in Influence day after day. I read it six months ago and I'm still seeing things from that book every single day. Uh, Yeah, I agree. It's really a unique, interesting book. So Mitch, This is the last question. It's my favorite, but it's kind of a tricky one. So take your time, digest it, and then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? 
I don't know if you've heard this answer before, but I would do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard that answer before, and I love it every time because it's so honest. Yeah, yeah. And I really do mean that. I mean, I, I, you know, if, if I was starting from nothing again, I'd take a break because <laughs> I think most entrepreneurs can use a break. Um, I would take some time off, and I would use that time to not start a new business right away. I would take some time to think and reflect and read and recenter. Um, and focus on family and friends that I've neglected a bit over time. <laughs> uh, and, and then I'll, I'll transition to, to answering the question. Um, so after really relaxing and, and, and feeling refreshed, uh, I, I love all the new peer-to-peer stuff going on right now. Uh, there's just a, so many interesting things going on in the peer-to-peer space. I mean, by that, I mean, you know, the Airbnbs of the world and Dog Vacay, which is this really interesting new website I just found out about recently that, that got a bunch of funding. Um, and I think there's just a lot, still a lot of opportunity there. Maybe we're in a peer-to-peer bubble, but um, that seems to be like there will be some really interesting new companies that, that will still be formed from that space. So I'd, I'd spend some more time thinking about that, which I already uh, have been doing now and, and, and hopefully come up with an idea that I was passionate about and, and wanted to, to, to jump on. Awesome, Mitch. Well, your first part of that advice, which was do nothing, wasn't extremely actionable, but it was honest. And I truly think it was good advice. The second part was extremely actionable advice, and you've given us actionable advice this entire interview. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. Last, last piece of advice, I, I just say, I, I love talking to people who are thinking about taking the leap uh, and starting their own business. It, it's definitely not for everyone, but if, if, you really, if you're really thinking about it and you think you've got an idea that you're willing to invest a lot of your time and effort into and, and that you really believe in, go for it. Uh, you'll never regret it. Worst case scenario, you end up back where you were in a year and you've got a great thing to talk about in an interview um, and you'll look back and I think appreciate and enjoy that year of your life uh, or wherever much time you, you spent on it. And More likely, it'll be a great success and, and then you'll be happy that you took that risk and that leap. And risks and leap, leaps are what makes life interesting, going on a different winding path um, that we can look back on. So I'd say if, if you've got the right idea, that you want to focus on, don't be afraid to do it and find someone who can help mentor you along the way. Love it. Now give yourself a plug. Uh, go overseas. Um, if you've been abroad, if you've spent time overseas on any kind of program, visit our website, uh, check it out. Uh, most, imp- most importantly, give back by leaving a review for the community um, so other people can look at the program that you did and decide if it's the right one for them. If you're thinking about spending time abroad, whether you're a student, whether you want to take a career break, whether you're nearing retirement, uh, come to go overseas, look at different programs, uh, volunteer programs, study abroad programs, uh, and, and see one that, that might work for you, that, that might be a great way for you to spend a different kind of vacation. Um, check out all the reviews and the interviews that we have on our site and, and uh, give us feedback. You know, hopefully it, it, you find something there that you love and, and you go on a great adventure and a great trip. Um, if there's something that we don't have that you want, want to add, we, we love user feedback. We take it really seriously. I mean, our community is why we exist. So let us know, please. Awesome, Mitch. We will link all this up in the show notes, entrepreneuronfire.com slash 102. Thank you for your generous time, all of your information. We appreciate it here at Fire Nation and we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Okay, Fire Nation, are you inspired enough to start your entrepreneurial journey? I've created a free step-by-step video that will walk you through the process of buying your domain, installing WordPress, and creating your first post all in under seven minutes. Visit entrepreneuronfire.com slash blue to find out more and take your entrepreneurial leap 
today. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.